0: Amen. Alright, so last week was pretty epic. Uh, How many of you were here to listen to Wayne Ferris preach? The beginning of the Go series, unbelievable. Talking about you and me being the fifth gospel. I'd never heard that before, but I, I love that. The idea of us being the fifth gospel, shining the light of Christ wherever we go. We're sent, right? We're not just sent to a foreign country, but we're sent into our businesses. We're sent into our workplace, into our families, into our school. It's this everyday active faith where the gospel is a part of our everyday life. That's such a good question. Like, ask that question of yourself. Is the gospel of Jesus Christ a part of my everyday life? Or has it just become a compartment of my life? Is it something I just do on Sundays or when I get the goosebumps and you know the willy-jillies of the Lord? Or is it truly an active 24-7 part of my life? Next week, uh, we're going to be talking about go love your neighbor. The week after that, go protect your family. You know, Be active in your love and your faithfulness towards your family, your spouse, your kids, your mom, your dad, your aunt, your uncle, your cousins, uh, spiritual family, non-spiritual family. How are you going to love and protect your family? But today, we're going to... Talk about, I'm pretty, pretty pumped up today, go and face your giant. When you were uh, praying this morning, Sandy, about what you were praying for in that room, I was like, come on, because that's where we're going today. Today's message is all about those deepest yearnings and those deepest passions that are within you, not the selfish yearnings and passions, but the deeper things of God that God has placed within you. We're going to talk about that. I'm really looking forward to it. But before we do that, we're going to get a little dangerous here. We're going to do a little play. It's called 1 Samuel chapter 17. And I need some actors. So do I have... I need a Goliath. Do I have a Goliath? Okay, you can be Goliath. Come up here. And you have reading lines too. So, I know. What are we doing? So Goliath, you're going to kind of be here with the Philistines. Uh, you're just going to kind of up here. You and your army perfect. Okay, we need a Saul. Who wants to be Saul? And he's kind of a good guy at this at this time. He's King Saul. He, he's, he's, he's doing some good stuff. He's not jealous yet. Who wants to be Saul? Raise your hands. Anybody? Come on. It's going to be a long service if you don't raise your hands. I'll say, I'll Maurice is Saul. No one wants to be Saul because they know how it ends up. <laughs> That's hilarious. All right, so you you have two lines there. Saul, we're going to have you kind of like right here. You're going to you're going to be on the hey Saul, you're (laughs) you're going to kind of be on this little hill, Philistines over there. And then we need all of the men of Israel. Who wants to represent all of the men of Israel? Thank you, Rich. Okay, so you're like all the men of Israel. So come on up. And you're going to kind of like be in front of Saul, kind of next to him. But you're yeah. So just kind of stand right there. Look at Goliath. Goliath, look at all the men of Israel. Okay, now we need David. Dave, David has a lot of lines, so maybe you're in acting class. Um, bets, thank you. Perfect, perfect, David. And and so what you do with this, like, this is David one, and when, when I, I'll tell you, I'll give you, I'll give all of you cue lines, so don't stress out too much, you don't have to, and then. The next one, you'll do David too. So, But I'll tell you when to do it. Okay. And then we need Eliab. He's like the older brother that is picking on his younger brother. Who wants to be Eliab? You only have one line. Eliab. Am I at Life Spring Or am I at like a Presbyterian church? <laughs> 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 all right. So, Eliab, let's have you kind of stand behind Saul. You're, but you're still hanging out. You're with all the men in Israel, but you're kind of just kind of here... David, you're going to kind of be over here. And just stand over here. And we need Jesse. We need your father. So who's, who's David's father? You have one line. Thank you, Nick. That's awesome. Come on over. Come on over. Just this right here. Just, just one. You just... You're Jesse. So you need to go way, at the, way against that wall right there. All right. So when I have your cue, then I'll just kind of stand here. I know I'm kind of in the way, but that'll be okay. Philistines, Israel, Saul, brother. And you're kind of representing all three brothers, you know, the older brothers of David. But Eliab's going to speak. And then we got David over here. So awesome. Cool David. And then we got his old, old, old father over there, Jesse. So the Philistines, they gathered their armies for battle. And they were gathered at Soko, which belongs to Judah, and encamped between Soko and Azekah in ephes Damim. And Saul and the men of Israel they were gathered and encamped in the valley of Elah, and drew up in line of battle against the Philistines. And the Philistines stood on the mountain on one side, and Israel stood on the mountain on the other side, with a valley between them. And there came out from the camp of the Philistines a champion named Goliath of Gath, whose height was six cubits and a span. This guy is tall, he is a giant. He had a helmet of bronze on his head. He was armed with a coat of mail and the weight of his coat was 5,000 shekels of bronze and he had bronze armor on his legs and a javelin of bronze slung between his shoulders. So his armor alone weighs around 125 pounds. Just his armor. The shaft of his spear was like a weaver's beam. Listen to this. His spear's head weighed 600 shekels of iron and his shield-bearer went before him. 600 uh, shekels of iron, that is a 15-pound spear head. Just imagine how big that is. He stood and he shouted to the ranks of Israel. When Saul and all the men of Israel heard these words of the Philistine, they were dismayed and greatly afraid. No, just be dismayed and greatly afraid. Yes, perfect. perfect. (laughs) Now, David. (laughs) That was awesome. You guys are doing great. Hollywood is calling. Alright, now David was the son of Ephrathite of Bethlehem in Judah, named Jesse. And Jesse had eight sons in the days of Saul. This man, Jesse, he was already old and advanced in years. The three oldest sons of Jesse had followed Saul to the battle. And the names of the three sons who went to the battle were Eliab, the firstborn, Abinadab, and the third Shammah. David was the youngest. The three eldest followed Saul... So she's kind of following Saul. But David went back and forth from Saul to feed his father's sheep at Bethlehem. So I just kind of need you to walk between uh, your brothers and and, uh, Jesse, your father, and just kind of do that as I'm continuing to read. For 40 days the Philistine came forward and took his stand morning and evening. So say say the same line that you just said before and say it one more time. You're going to have to do it 40 times, so talk fast. And then Jesse talks to David. Take for your brothers an ephah of the parched grain and these ten loaves and carry them quickly to the camp to your brothers. Also take these ten cheeses to the commander of the thousand. So you're bringing pizza to them. See if their brothers are well and bring some token from them. No, you, you, I, I, didn't, I felt like maybe you were nervous of reading the line, so I was trying to protect you. <laughs> so just, just but the acting part, just act a little older, just like bend over. Yeah, there you go. Just sit down, okay. Now Saul and they and all the men of Israel were in the valley of Elah fighting with the Philistines. And David rose early in the morning, say goodbye to your father. He left the sheep with a keeper, leave the sheep with a keeper. And he took the provisions, the pizza, and went as Jesse had commanded him. And he came to the encampment as the host was going out to the battle line, shouting the war cry. And Israel and the Philistines drew up for battle, army against army. And David left the things in charge of the keeper of the baggage and ran to the ranks. So, run to the ranks. And he went and he greeted his brothers. (laughs) 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 And David left the... Okay, that was awesome. And he talked to them. Behold, the champion, the Philistine of Gath, Goliath by name, came up out of the ranks and the Philistines or oh, of the Philistines, and he spoke the same words as before. This time David hears him. Say it again. This time David's going to hear you. And it says, All the men of Israel, when they saw the man, fled from him and were much afraid. And the men of Israel said, Have you seen the man who has come up? Surely
1: he has come up to defy Israel, and the king will enrich the man who killed him with great riches. And I will give him his, and he will give him his daughter,
0: and make his father's house free in Israel. David said to the men who stood by him. Uncircumcised. And the people answered him in the same way. No, the next one. Now, Eliab, his eldest brother, heard when he spoke to the men. And Eliab's anger was kindled against David. And he said... And David said, What have I done now? Was it not but a word? That totally sounds like brothers talking too. I love that. Older brother picking on the younger brother. He's like, What have I done now? Was it not but a word? And he turned away from him toward another and spoke in the same way. And the people answered him again as before. When the words that David spoke were heard, they repeated them before Saul. And he sent for Saul. And David says to Saul, Let no man's heart fail because of
1: him.
0: Hmm. And Saul said to David, You are not able to go against this
1: Philistine to fight with him. You are but a youth. And he has been a man of
0: war from his youth. Hmm. But David said said to Saul, Yeah. And then David said, The Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. Hallelujah. And Saul said to David, Go. And the Lord be with you. So Saul clothed David with his armor. He put a helmet of bronze on his head, clothed him with a coat of mail. David strapped his sword over his armor. He tried in vain to go. He tried in vain to go. For he... Had not tested them, then David said to Saul, "I cannot go with these, for I have not tested them." So David put them off. He took his staff in his hand. He chose five smooth stones from the brook. He put them in his shepherd's pouch. His sling was in his hand, and he approached the Philistine. Now, Philistine, he moved forward. He came near to David with his shield bearer in front of him. And when the Philistine looked and saw David, he disdained him, for he was but a youth, ruddy, ruddy, and handsome in appearance. And the Philistine Said to David, Am I a dog? Did you come to me The Philistine cursed David by his gods. The Philistine said to David, Come to me, and I will give your flesh to the birds of the air, and I will bear it to Then David said to the Philistine, You come to me with a sword and a spear, and with a javelin, but I come to you in the name of the come Lord. Come on. In Israel, and that all his assembly
1: may know that the Lord serves saves, not with sword
0: and spear, for the battle is the Lord, and He will.: give mm-hmm. it unto our Ooh. When the Philistine arose and came and drew near to meet David, David ran quickly toward the battle line to meet the Philistine. And David put his hand in his bag, he took out a stone, slung it, and struck the Philistine on his forehead. The stone sank into his forehead, and he fell on his face. To the ground. Awesome job! Can we give it up for our awesome actors? Thank you guys. Thank you guys. Awesome. Thank you, Jesse. Good work. Wow, you guys are wonderful. Thank you, Ili- <laughs> thank you, Iliab. I think you need to work on your issues with your younger brother. He he's a good kid. I mean. He's trying his best. It's not his fault that he's taking care of the sheep. Oh, yeah, I know. Put you in there. At the end of that, it says, So David prevailed over the Philistine with a sling and with a stone, struck the Philistine, killed him. There was no sword in the hand of David, it says. Then David ran, stood over the Philistine, took his sword, and drew it out of his sheath and killed him and cut off his head. When the Philistine saw that their champion was dead, what happens? They fled. The men of Israel and Judah rose with a shout, pursued the Philistines as far as Gath and the gates of Ekron. Three weeks ago, the Lord gave me a word in regards to this story. It was a word for me and it was a word for my fellow pastors, but it also applies to any of us who have been Christians for a while. I saw all of us as those soldiers, which Rich did such a good job of representing them, but those soldiers who are standing on the front lines, those men of Israel who saw Goliath on the other side, mocking them and mocking their God. And the Lord showed me how many of them, they've been fighting as warriors for a long time. They are veterans in warfare. And many of us in this room, we are experienced soldiers in the army of God. We've been fighting day after day, year after year. We have faithfully showed up for war. And the battle is hard. in fact, the battle, it is costly. We have horror stories. We have battle wounds. We have scars to prove just how hard it is. As we look back at our lives as Christians, we've endured, we've persevered through some pretty ugly stuff. We've seen our friends, closest friends, our family, our brothers and our sisters in Christ. We've seen them get injured. We've seen them get hurt. If we're honest, many of them have fallen in the battlefield, whether it be by the hand of the enemy or even by their own doing. And it's tough. And yet every day we still get up. We put on the armor and we fight. But here's the deal. With that experience on the battlefield, we are wiser than we once were. Everybody say wiser. Wiser. We are wiser than we once were. And our wisdom tells us a few things. One of them is this. Do not go against the giant. Don't go against the giant. Right? We have been through enough battles to know how this type of thing ends up. We've lost some good men and good women who have tried to face other giants before. And so, in wisdom, we stand. We do not pursue the giant. But we stand. And by the way, we do not stand as fools. We stand with wisdom because wisdom says if you go out there against that giant, you will die. And when you die, there's a good chance we're going to die as well. Now I was thinking about this in regards to the pastors, the pastors that I work with. Pastors get such a bad rap. But, oh my goodness, if you can do anything, you see a pastor, you hug him, you love him, you care for him, you support him, give him money, do whatever you can for pastors. For the most part, they are good men and women. They love the Lord. They have served Him with all they've got. The ministry is hard. Working with people is hard. In people's, in their mess, in their dysfunction, in their hatred, in their sin, it is hard. It beats you up. If you look deep enough in the eyes of some of these pastors, you can see the battle wounds, the scars, the hurts, the deep pain that comes along with ministry. But they really love God and they really love people. But with all this being said, this is what I see happening in today's church. It's this, that these people in ministry who have dedicated their lives to the Lord, who have endured so much, when they see a David coming along, who's ready to take down that giant, to kill them all to the glory of God. Those who have been in the battle a little longer say, Hey, 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 don't go out there, man. You're going to get yourself killed, right? I mean, I I love the passion. I love the zeal. So you don't know what you're doing. See, I've carried the weight of this armor for a long time. I've been swinging this sword for a long time. I've got the scars, the pain to prove it. And because I love you, I just want to tell you, you don't want to do this, man. You don't want to do this. And out of our love for those who might be younger than us or less experienced than us, we do our best to convince them, don't go. Whatever you do, don't go. Stay back. Don't go. And again, I I think this comes from the most part, not all the time, but for the most part, from a place of wisdom. A place of hardships and trials. The things that my colleagues and co-laborers have experienced. It's the wise answer. The more and more that I read the Bible, and I want you to hear this, the more that I read the Bible, the more that I see those who make it in the Bible, the spiritual legends, so to speak, that we read about, that we admire and tell stories about, They go against the wisdom of the age. Moses. He tells the Pharaoh. Like, there's no one above the Pharaoh. (laughs) He tells the Pharaoh, let my people go. Now, nobody around Moses in their right mind would have told Moses, yeah, that's a good idea. Go ahead, talk to the Pharaoh. That is a death sentence that Moses is walking into Joshua Joshua fights the battle of Jericho by marching around the walls for a week on the seventh day to blow your ram's horn and then have everybody shout together really loud so the walls would come down that is crazy talk did you hear what I just said he is a fool what a fool there is not one general in any army in any place in this world that would say yeah that's a good strategy for taking down the walls of Jericho That's what he did. And what happened to those walls? They came down. John the Baptist, are you kidding me? His diet was wild honey and anybody else know what else? Locusts. I can guarantee you that there was no wise man or wise woman of his age encouraging him. Yeah, that's a great idea. Go out in the wilderness. Look like a freak. Eat wild honey and locusts. Go for it, John. Think about Paul. Paul's one of my favorite ones going against wisdom. He... Goes into a city. They hate him. They try to kill him. They beat him up so badly, they leave him for dead. Remember that? Right? Gets out of the city. They say, oh, Paul's dead. Acts 14, 19, 20. Jews came from Antioch, Iconium. Having persuaded the crowds, they stoned Paul. Stoned Paul. That's, that's, it's not, yeah, that's, that's a rock. That's a stone. He's stoned to where, okay, I, stop, you can stop throwing the rocks at him. I think he's dead. Dragged him out of the city. Disciples gather around him. He rose up, looks at them. And what does he do after that? He goes back into the city. He goes back. I'm telling you, no one was telling Paul, yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah, just go back into the town where they just tried to kill you. You know, yeah, that, that's a good idea. No, they were saying, Paul, look at the miracle that God has done for you. We thought you were dead, but you're alive. You were dead, but you're not dead. You're alive. Okay, here's the deal. Come to my house. We'll clean you up, right? We'll, we'll get all your wounds cleaned up and then we can look at a map and we can see where else you can go, right? This, this is a miracle, Paul. God rescued you. He saved you. He delivered you. And now we can go do something else. But instead, what does he do? He goes back into the city. I was, I was at a Chinese Baptist church two weeks ago and they were talking about uh, some missionaries that died in China. And one of the missionaries, he knew he was going to die. He was a destined. He wouldn't make it out of China. And what he writes... Because his son wasn't with him. His son was just a little baby boy. He writes, When my son is 25 years old, uh, tell him that his father wants him to come back to uh, to minister to the Chinese people. To the same place that was about to kill him. He wanted to go back into the city. Not even his life, but the life of his son. The list goes on and on of people who have done things that are contrary to the wisdom of the age. And what I felt like the Lord was telling me is this. And it's two things. First of all, for all of us, Share wisdom, seek wisdom. Share wisdom and seek wisdom. It sounds like I'm bashing wisdom here and I don't want to do that. If you're a Christian who has walked down the road a little longer than others, you've got to speak up. You've got to share the wisdom that you have with others. Share wisdom, but also seek wisdom. If you feel like you're a David, maybe you feel like you're younger in age or less experienced in the battle, yet you've got all this passion, you've got all this energy and excitement, you've got to soak up. I'm just here to tell you, be wise. Soak up all the wisdom that you can from those around you. Be addicted to wisdom, especially godly wisdom. Read the book of Proverbs and then read it again and then read it again. The Bible is very clear. Clear. You, you are called to seek wise counsel. Listen to these verses. Some of my friends just need this tattooed on their forehead. Proverbs 12, 15. Actually, let's say this together. The way of a fool... Is right in his own eyes, but a wise man listens to advice. Man, if we just followed that one a little bit more, right? Am I? I'm a fool. Am I? All? Yeah, it's right. You bet. But a wise man, what does he do? He actually listens to the advice of others. Proverbs 18:15. An intelligent heart acquires knowledge. The ear of the wise seeks knowledge. I love that the ears of the wise. That means you're just listening. You know, you're you're, you're always attentive. You're always active listening. You're like, oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You seek wisdom. So share and seek wisdom. Don't be afraid of wisdom. For as long as you live on this earth, be a lifelong learner. Share wisdom, seek wisdom. That's number one. But number two, if you're on the battlefield, and again, I'm talking to a lot of us who have been doing this for a while now. If you're on the battlefield, do not stand in the way of what the Lord wants to do in and through somebody else. We need to listen to that. Share wisdom, but do not stand in the way of what God wants to do. Don't get me wrong. Share wisdom. Share from your heart. Share from your life. Share your successes. Share your failures. Share what you've learned from your your victories and also from your mistakes. This is where it gets dangerous. And I want us to take this very seriously this morning. In your wisdom, do not stand in the way of what God wants to do in and through somebody else. Because I want to say this again. Often the person who makes it into the Bible, or otherwise someone who is a part of the supernatural workings of God on this earth, Often they go against the wisdom of the age. And you don't want to be the one who tried to stop them. So if someone tells me I want to go to Africa, like someone recently told me. And like, go to Africa for a long time. I'm going to give them the reasons why it might not be a good idea. In fact, I'm going to tell them why it's going to be a little dangerous. I'm going to tell them why it's not even a practical idea. I'm going to tell them. I'm going to share some wisdom with them. But at that point, if they say, yeah, I know. And I want to go. Well... Now, I figure if it's a call of God, I don't believe the call of God fades away, right? It's only going to grow stronger. So I'm going to say, you know what? I want you to continue to seek the Lord on this. I want you to pursue the issue. I want you to bring it to the Lord in prayer. But then after a while, if they come back and they say, you know, I've prayed about it and, and this is what I'm doing. I'm either doing it with you or I'm doing it without you. As a pastor, I believe a part of my call at that point is to be an encourager and a releaser. At that point I believe my job is to pray for them, to encourage them and to support them in any way possible. Of course I'm going to poke and I'm going to prod. I'm going to ask them uncomfortable and awkward questions. I love asking uncomfortable awkward questions. But more than anything at that point my role is to send you. To make disciples who are going out to make disciples. I'm going to send you. At this Point Also, the pressure's on you. The whole thing is on you. You've prayed about it. You've heard from the God of heaven and earth. You've heard His affirming of your calling. So now, whether you're going to go or not, whether you're going to be obedient to, to the Lord or not, it's on you. So go. I'm going to send you. I'm going to send you because I do not want to be known as the person who tried to keep the world's next Mother Teresa from going to Africa. You know what I'm talking about. I don't want to be that guy that's known and... Heaven for all eternity is the one who said no to Mother Teresa. It's a long time. (laughs) For pastors, this means that those of us who have done this for a little longer, we need to be willing to share wisdom. But we also have to be willing to let the Davids fight. And we have to be willing to let the Davids die on the battlefield if they are responding to the call of God in their life. Again, this is a serious business. Most of you don't know this, but when our team of six went to Ghana last year, I had them sign what I called a certificate of death. It was a death form. It was a form that we made to make it clear that they were going to Ghana on their own accord. I wasn't making them go, and they wouldn't sue me if they died. (laughs) Or their parents. (laughs) See, we need to be willing to let the Davids fight and even die as they respond to God's call in their life. We have to let them go. See, in this house, we have disciples in this house. Right now, we have John's. We have Peter's. We have Paul's in this room. We've got Stephen's. Do you remember Stephen? Ah! Willing to die for his faith. Unwilling to to compromise the gospel. As a pastor sometimes, and this comes from a place of love, but sometimes I go a little crazy on the shepherd side of things. I, I try really hard to protect you and to keep you safe. But often you don't need to be protected by me. You need to be released by me. That this church would be a place of empowerment. You're a Stephen. And it doesn't mean that you woke up saying, I've got to find someone to kill me today. No, not at all. But you are a Stephen. That means you are bold in your faith. In the midst of the circumstances of life, whether it's good or bad, you are unwilling to compromise the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. You remember, Stephen, he's called to take care of the widows in chapter 6. Turn the page by the end of chapter 7. He's dead. Like, wow, what happened? Pretty safe job. The widow thing. I don't see a lot of widows trying to, you know, take down Stephen. Like, But a page later, he is dead. He is dead. Do you remember why? He's captured, Right? The Bible puts it, Acts 6, 8, he was full of grace and power. Say full of grace and power. power. Man, I want to be around people that are full of grace and power. I am searching to and fro for people that are full of grace and power so we can take this land for the kingdom of God. He was full of grace and power. Doing what? Great wonders and signs among the people. So now he's been seized. Why? Because he's doing amazing things for God. Glory to God to be seized for doing something amazing for God. And now he is thrown before the Sanhedrin and he has to respond to these false accusations that men have thrown out against him. Now at this point, he could have just tried to save his neck, right? I mean, it's not, it's not a de- death sentence at this point. He could have just politely answered the questions that they threw at him. Odds are, if he played it right, he'd be released. But instead of doing this, he gives one of the most amazing speeches in history. One that has been read by millions upon millions, upon millions of people. And because of his boldness and his passion to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ, he is stoned to death. Now, if I'm honest, if I was Stephen's mentor at the time, and we go out to Starbucks and we talk, and and I heard that he's about to be dragged out before the Sanhedrin, I would have counseled Stephen to play it cool. Right? Stephen, Stephen, I don't want you to get hurt. Stephen, just do whatever they say. Stephen, just... Now is not the time to be blabbering away. Stephen, just get out of there alive. Stephen, just live to fight another day. Come on, Stephen, hey. Stephen, Stephen, Stephen. I I know you love you. I know what they've done. Stephen, just... See, whether I like it or not, Stephen had a mission from God. And he was obedient to the call of God on his life. And he wasn't going to listen to anybody, whether you were a wise man or a fool. He was going to listen to God, to obey God. And he gave a speech that would be read for the next 2,000 years, affecting millions upon millions of lives. I believe there are Stevens in this room. See, LifeSpring, I believe God wants us to be a place as a church, as a body, where we share wisdom. But we also release people to do what God has called them to do. Say, go. 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 Go face the giant. Go. March around the wall. Go. Preach the good news of Jesus Christ. Not in a church building, but to your enemies. Go. Save those girls from the sex slave industry. Go. Feed the homeless. Go. Preach on the street corner. Go. Plant a church. Go. Become a missionary. Go into harm's way. Go into the deepest, darkest, most dangerous corners of this world and shine the light of Jesus Christ. See, today I hope you understand this. I'm not just talking about being nice to your neighbor or just giving more money to charity. What I'm talking about today is taking down a giant. There are some Davids in this room and you know there's a giant that needs to be taken down. You have a holy discontent. You have an unsettledness in your spirit. The Lord has already told you the giant is yours. He's been preparing you. You know He's been preparing you with the lion and with the bear and every time you hear that giant's mocking voice ridiculing you and ridiculing your God, you are filled with disgust and you are ready to destroy Him. For some of you, it's your man, and you're sick and tired of the pornography that is running rampant in men's lives, and you're going to start and rise up and kill that giant. For those of you, you're sick and tired of seeing people bailing out of marriages, bailing left and right for no biblical reason, and you want to start a marriage ministry because you're sick and tired of it. For some of you, it's, you're sick and tired of seeing foster kids without a placement. You're sick and tired you're going to adopt a foster kid. You're not only going to fo- adopt a foster kid, you're going to be so annoying about fostering, you're going to tell me, you're going to tell your friends, you're going to tell your family, you're going to tell your church, foster, 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 adopt, 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 adopt. Because you see a giant and you know the giant can be taken down. Others of you, listen to this. I don't know if it's in your college or high school, I don't know. I'm not talking about just being nice. I'm talking about standing on the table of your school cafeteria and you're telling your friends who are lost, who are hurt, who are depressed, who are addicted, who are suicidal, that Jesus loves them and that Jesus wants to give them a new life full of His presence, His grace, and His love. I'm talking about standing up, going to the front line and saying, let me out. I'm I'm taking them down. I'm taking them down. Goliath, by the power of the Holy Spirit within me, you're going down. And this is to all the Davids in the room. In your zeal and in your passion, continue to seek wisdom, especially the wisdom of God. Find people that you want to be like. Find them and ask them a thousand questions. Allow them, who have been at this for a little bit longer, allow them to share wisdom with you. Don't be a fool. But more than anything, when all is said and done, you follow the voice of God. You answer God's call in your life. You be a disciple of Christ. You live for the glory of God. I want to be so bold, and maybe you can be so bold with me. If you're David in this room and you know that there's a giant that's to be taken down in your life, you know that the Lord has prepared you with the lion and the bear, would you be willing to stand in front of everyone in this room? Would you stand? Amen. Amen. Now, let's go ahead. If you're around someone, just put your hand on their shoulder or stretch your hand next to them. We're going to pray for you. Lord, this room is full of amazing people. This is my spiritual family. These are the people that if they don't show up to my funeral, I'm going to be bitter at them for all eternity. But Lord, I pray that right now, by the power of God, You would empower these Davids. Give them what they need. It wasn't by his own strength. It wasn't by his own ingenuity. It wasn't by his own creativeness or even his own talents. It was by the power of God being on display in him. Lord, You gave him exactly what he needed to take down that giant. And I pray that for these people, Lord, that are standing, that You would give them exactly what they need to take down the giant. You've already told them that the giant is theirs. You've already told them that the giant is going down. You, they, they've, they, they just have a disgust within them, Lord. These are my friends who have a, just a discontent. They are passionate. They are irritated. They are annoyed. They are ticked off. They are ready to see that giant go down. And Lord, you have been empowering them. Lord, you have been training them. You have been resourcing them. You have been giving them what they need as they face the lion and the bear. And now is the day to go past the lion. Go past the others, Lord. Go past everyone else and take down the giant. And I just declare that over this in this room, Lord, I don't, I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't preach safety. I don't preach security. I don't preach convenience. I don't preach being comfortable, Lord. But I preach the obedience to Your voice for each one that is standing in obedience, a radical obedience to Your voice. Let the cards fall where they may, Lord, but that they would truly, Lord, just follow You in every step, and every way, in their life. We thank you for these Davids, Lord. Encourage them. Empower them. Show us how we can share wisdom with them, Lord. Show us how we can encourage them. Show, show us how we can uh, build them up, Lord. Show us how we can be resources. But also, Lord, show us how we can be senders. Show us how we can say, Go! Go! Here's the armor. Go! And just that they'd be so bold, they'd just take the armor off. They'd take the sling. They'd take the stones. And they'd take down the giant. the giant would fall down on their face before Him, dead in the mighty name of Jesus. And we all prayed in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen.